of the views from the friend zone podcast it's your boy real talk more you know who i got in the building with me i'm gonna let him introduce himself yes sensei i cannot tell a lie (laughs) we out here right now we in south side where we were born and raised you know what i mean happy father's day to all the fathers out there all you other dudes with kids that don't take care of them go slap yourself (laughs) so you know Friday was Tupac's birthday, so we're going to give him a little love and have the show kind of themed around Tupac, right? So, you know, I saw the movie All Eyes on Me. I'm not sure if anybody out there saw it, who saw it. I thought it was really good. I thought they did a good job, you know what I'm saying, you know, recreating his life. Some people said they rushed through it and stuff like that. But, you know, everybody views a man's legacy differently. So it's always going to be different people who, you know, view it differently or, or feel like this should have been done better, that should have done better. You know what I'm saying? So you can't please everybody. Nah. You know what I'm saying? So definitely can't. Shout out to the boy Renee. He was in there from yeah, Money yeah, and yeah. Violence that's, fame. That's fam. Now that's he fam. on the big screen. <laughs> that's fam, you know what I'm saying? He said he stick Pac up in a movie, something like that? Yeah, he was a, he was a stick up boy. You know Man. what I'm saying? And it's crazy because <laughs> before I went to see the movie, I wasn't a Pac fan because I felt like Pac was the reason why Biggie died. And everybody gonna say, oh, you can't say that, this, that, and the other. It was drama, it was beef, he wasn't there. I get it, you know what I'm saying? But you know, it really, until I saw the movie, I always had a certain perception of Pac. And as the build up coming into the movie, I was just like, oh, okay, you know. I, I, I know his significance, his impact, it's big. You got to think about it. He did all of that and in got 20, it 25. 25 years. Yo. Seven movies. What have you done in 25 years? That's what I, I, I was telling my wife, man. I don't even <laughs> know what's my much. legacy. I don't even know what's my legacy yet. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. You got to think about that. But what I will say on that whole thing is, and this might seem cheesy, but it goes back to that line from Spider-Man. You know, with great power comes great responsibility, right? And a problem with Pac was he had a lot of power he had a lot of influence so yeah he might not have directly caused Biggie's death but indirectly because of the actions he took he did you know what I mean yeah so um, I'm just gonna you know give a little intro And that's going to be our first topic. All eyes on me. All eyes on me. You know, so I'm going to start it off like this. Give me one second. Yeah, shoot, shoot. Let me, let me, let me get these people what they need, that information. So the first topic is Tupac. All eyes on me. Was Tupac, was he a prophet or was he just for profit? If you've seen the movie, and just in general, a lot of people's just like, man, his impact was so dope. He had such a, a great, you know, outlook on life, a great perspective, but then he also did things that made you say, man, that kid didn't have it all, all together, right? Mm-hmm. So do you think he was a prophet or just for profit? I think Pac was both. 
And don't get stuck in a box, people. You can be more than one thing. But it was clear to me that to be so young and so wise, of course, his wisdom, a lot of it came from his mother, Afini Shakur, and her, you know, movement and activism or what have you. But he was very wise to be so young, and he used his platform and his power to try to uplift the community. And then at the same time, he did things that you wouldn't want somebody in that position to do. You know what I mean? He, he glorified gangs. He glorified violence at times. You know what I mean? If you listen to his music, it was thug life, just like it was written across his um, stomach. But at times it meant one thing, at times it meant another. You know what I mean? So he played both sides. He was wise with making a profit. So he knew how to make money. That's what the whole beef was about her, him and Biggie. I don't care what nobody say. It was for money. And he, he, I think he said it himself at some point. You know what I'm saying? He's just he's trying to get paid. Yeah. You know, but he didn't clue Biggie in. <laughs> but Biggie knew. Biggie was like, you know, he out here doing stuff just to get money. You know, but you got a bunch of fools that follow rappers or entertainers, and they be going for the hard. They be going harder for the rappers than the rappers go for themselves. You know what I mean? They like we. Yeah. Yeah, trying to get paid. So to bro. me, it's just like you know. If, was he a prophet or was he for profit? It was both, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to kind of be both. In in this world, you don't become a musician just for your message. I mean, a lot of people do it because they're passionate. A lot of people do it for the passion. Yeah. But at the same time, you got to make money, you know? So to me, it was crazy because it's just like growing up in the time period that he did, you can see the influence of his mother, Fini Shakur. It's just like, you know the whole Black Panther movement, how strong and how well-spoken he was. But just being a child of the late 70s, early 80s, he got caught up with the drama too, you know? I gotta make money so you start hustling, you know, the glamorous lifestyle. And it's like, you know, the reason why I can say he can be a prophet for some because you can learn from his life. You can learn from his message. Yeah. And not to get too deep, but you know how it is sometimes, it's just like, not to compare him to a pastor, but it's just like, you kinda gotta watch, the, you kinda gotta get a lesson from the words from a pastor, but yeah. not necessarily always follow their lifestyle, right? Uh -huh. Because a lot of these pastors, sometimes they're driving Maybachs <laughs> on the church's money and stuff like living that. Living big time. And they're living big time, their congregation is struggling, but they're but not struggling. A lot of them came from Drugs, or they used to be exactly, especially you know those I mean? now the, they the, the Detroit city. Rollers. You know, the Detroit, <laughs> you know, not to single out just Detroit, but you know, Detroit is a big pimp town, Yo. and a lot of the pimps become pastors when they're done with their life yeah. and try to teach people, you know, lessons. And it's that, like, you know, he was a prophet because you can you can learn from his life, you can learn from the messages that he taught us. But that's the thing, if you look at pot, you see the maturation or Im immaturation if that's a word I don't even know because kind of when he was we'll let it rock we'll, we'll let, let it rock, rock right when, when he was in the digital underground days and he was dancing and, and making this you know party music so to speak he was one person and then he got with death row and you could see the influence of his surrounding you know what I mean that whole west coast gang stuff should got him and you know involved in and then he starts smelling himself he run around with Snoop and Dre in them, and you can see him change. 
and become somebody different. Though he still was about his activism and he always was about supporting and uplifting the community, that that gang mentality became heavier. And then you can't I love Pac to death, but you can't just say like you was doing things for profit, but you involved somebody else and, and, and ultimately had them had their lives ended because, you know, you out here trying to entertain. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I mean so to me in the ghetto sense of profit, you know, he was a ghetto prophet, right? Like ghetto <laughs> like I said, you can't necessarily look at his whole life and say God sent him to necessarily change lives and, and like, you know, follow him as if you would follow the Quran or the Bible. But as far as touching lives and having an influence, you know, he definitely could be considered a prophet, a ghetto prophet, or a prophet for this generation. You know, and yeah. like a lot of prophets, not to compare them to Jesus, but their lives are cut short. And you know, while they were here, they you kind of didn't appreciate their life. <laughs> appreciate who they were but when after they're gone and you kind of like go through the chronological order of their life the, the events you kind of like man we didn't appreciate this man enough i've seen this movie and it was just like this dude was really smart a really really smart i mean you listen to his music you can tell he's smart but it's just like just knowing his talent like you know yeah. and his work ethic was crazy, crazy but, you right know, he got out of jail he hit the studio. <laughs> I ain't seen the movie yet, but I know just from watching like all the documentaries on Pac and, and all that stuff. He just went to work. He was like, "I've been locked up, wasting a lot of time, so I'm gonna get out and hit it." But um, I think like it, somebody like that, you're right. We don't appreciate them as much until they're gone. But for for him that do so much in the short period, and I, you know, I mad, mad love for Biggie. It's not always well if you yeah, love Biggie, Pac, my you dude, Biggie. I can you know what I'm saying? But Biggie's going to be remembered for his music. You know what I mean? Solely, just for his music. Nothing more, really. Um, Pac was more than just the music. You know what I mean? There was a message. There was a, a, a certain uh, image, I guess you could say. The character that was him. You know what I mean? The things that he would say. The, he was somebody who stood up against... I never forget the funniest thing when he walked out of the court. That George Jefferson walked... You know what I mean? After he beat this case, like, yeah. yo, Pac was a man. You know? Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> like with all things in life, you know, you go out on ventures and you, it is for profit. It is because you got to sustain yourself. As a musician, a lot of musicians do come into the game just so that they can make some money and stuff. But I do feel like he was conscious enough to really give us a message. For every I get around, he did have Brenda's have a baby. He did have a dear mama. He did have those kind of things, you know, to to move us. But then he also did have the. That's why I f you, you know, and the <laughs> get money and, and you know, he was a pure combination of ratchet and righteous. Ratchet and righteous. That, yeah, that's how I could sum that's, up. That's, you know that that's first. That's a great. You know, first, um, think profit or, or for profit. That's a great phrase. He's to a combination him. of ratchet, ratchet and, and righteous. righteous. So we're gonna move on to the next portion of Tupac and uh, of the All Eyes on Me. And it was was Tupac our generation's musician, musical activist, right? 
Was he our greatest of our generation? You know, I'm talking about late 70s, early 80s babies. I know, you know, earlier generations as, you know, African-Americans, we had Harry Belafonte, we had Nina Simone, we had Bob Marley as activists who were great musicians. And then even in the early 80s to mid 80s, we had Public Enemy who really came across with that message. And then we had, you know, NWA whose message wasn't, you know, 100% the most positive of all time. But they were trying to get us to notice things. But was Pop, our, you know, late 70s, early 80s babies, was he our musical activist? Activist, like, um, I would say, uh, you, you would have to say yes on the simple fact of the level of celebrity he had, you know, um, in relation to those uh, of the past. You know, Bob Marley, you know, super huge... Um, artists as well as activists you know what I mean so there's other artists out there who are very involved in community issues and social injustices or what have you but none none of them was on the level that Pac was you see what I'm saying so uh, the fact that he was so big and was still willing to speak out on injustice and say his feelings because that's that's the problem today and it, it goes all across the world all across the board not just uh, music with sports and other forms of entertainment these people our people are a lot of them I think a lot more now are speaking out but a lot of times they are afraid because of their brand yeah they they're not going to talk about their pockets so they don't want to speak what they really feel um, as far as injustices go and, and their feelings on whatever's taking place in society they're so worried about their pockets getting hurt they're not going to do it Tupac he didn't care he didn't care. He was going to say how he felt. And that's one of the things you got to love about him. He spoke from the cuff. He said exactly how he felt. He didn't care uh, how it was going to affect him. And if anything, I only, I think it only made him more money. It definitely didn't hurt him. So, I mean, if, if just to take from the movie, uh, there's a scene in the movie where it's just like, you know, when he gets into Scope Records... They're like, they're feeling your music, but nobody wants to hear Brenda has a baby. Because, the, you know, the girl's molested by her cousin. She's 12. She's having a baby. She get rid of the baby in the bathroom. And it's just like, Pac was like, no, I'm a prophet for what's you going on. You have to hear that because that's what's really going on. Like, yeah. He's like, you know, I'm a prophet. <laughs> you know I'm, I'm reporting to the real lifestyle. He was just like, you know, if you're born a white person... You sometimes have a legacy set out for you. We don't have any legacies. You know, our music is the only thing we leave behind. You know what I'm saying? It sounds like foreshadowing. And he's just like, yo, they have, they need to hear Brenda's got a baby. They need to hear these messages to know what's really going on. You know, he, he and the basically way he was the way he broke it down. I mean, you know, it's messed up. Yo, we from Queens, so we can't we can't say like it's just pop because. Nas is somebody who also, um, and his music had a lot of messages and, and definitely had an opinion on social injustice. But the thing about Nas is he wasn't nearly as, he isn't, he's still alive, so he isn't and never was really as outspoken and boisterous as Pop. Yeah, his musical you know content is very strong, music, but absolutely. for some reason, Nas 
has kind of shied away from really taking on the pressure of being that generational voice. Yeah. He kind of made his music, did his thing, so talented. He stayed low key for the most but part. But he, he stayed, he stayed kind of low key. Pac, like Pac lived in a long Pac life. was just like, yo, you know, all eyes on me. <laughs> he, he embraced all it. Eyes on he me. realized that, you know what, I'm going to be this voice, I'm going to be this target. And Yo. you know what? I'm not going to let that stop me from doing what I wanted to do. And also, we also got to understand, as a young man living in the 80s, early 90s, mm. you know, he um, he also had to be like, he was also part of the Chris style popping, big gold chains, you know, maybe subjecting, objectifying women and stuff like that, that yeah. we still go through nowadays. And but that's when, that's, you know what? That's the great thing about him, though. You, none of us are perfect. You got people out here trying to be perfect. Pac showed you, like, I'm not perfect. And, and he said it, that, that famous line that he said in the movie, I guess. I may not be the voice that sparks uh, a change or whatever, but I will be, I will encourage Influence. Influence. He'll be the influencer. I will influence the maybe the mind that changed the, mind the world. That the world. You know what I'm saying? So he just basically accepted his flaws. And, yeah, he had all that stuff going on as far as legal you know cases and this that and the third but um just cause you had that going on a lot of people would be ashamed to make those positive songs cause be like damn I look like a hypocrite you know what I mean he was like whatever I got this stuff going on in my life but I know what I wanna say I know the things that I wanna uh, speak about and I'ma still speak about them you know what I'm saying and, and you know what and that was to me the thing that made me come around about Pac because like I said, I wasn't the hugest pop fan because I felt like yeah. his recklessness was the result of Biggie dying. But one thing I had to give him props over Biggie was he was willing to be like, you know what? F it. I got to speak for the people. Our people are hurting. You know, even though some of his actions kind of did contradict the message a little bit, he was still saying, I'm not perfect. I mean, you got to think about it. He died at 25. So when he was dropping these sound bites, this is 22 years old, 23 yeah. years old. You know, I'm 34, about to be 35, and I still say reckless and crazy things. Knowing, you know, knowing what I know, living the life that I live. So he was currently living the, you know, crazy life, but still had enough conscience in him to, like, say, F it, man, I got to get this message across. Yeah. And, and, and you know and his background was crazy you know he didn't know his father his mother was a black panther his mother you know got on she, drugs yeah, and she stuff like that abuse, you know he moved around and stuff so it's like that's why it's so tough we gotta watch who we have to say who's the quote unquote role models like you know I strongly believe parents need to be the number one role models in kids life that's a whole different story absolutely but we also have to be able to learn from certain experiences people have. I don't want to necessarily say mistakes, but you 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 got to watch what Pac is doing. And now we have Kendrick Lamar who's who's found a good balance of yeah. being conscious and still and, having that street and still having that street appeal. Kendrick got he got the, you know, gang affiliations or whatever, but you know. He's not a gang member, but he's from a gang family and you know, okay. grew up in yeah. Compton, so but it's just like, you know, we have to be able to live our life and at the same time not be afraid to leave a legacy. Yeah. 
you know, not I mean, be afraid. The one thing I didn't like about Pop from the movie, and obviously the movies kind of, you know, change messages right. or, you know, a movie's even if it's based on a true story, it's always gonna have embellishments, right? Yeah. I just felt Pop was too quick to follow things sometimes. <laughs> Like, you know... He was real reactive. Real just, reactive. You know what I mean? And yeah. even though he came from a strategic family that had a strategic mindset, and he was strategic in certain plans that he made, yeah. he acted on impulse a lot. You know what I'm saying? And that kind of got him in some bad situations. You, I you think go, we know a lot of dudes out there like that. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> obviously those who see the movie, they'll have more insight on that, and, and, and they can't comment on that. But to be honest with you, I can't 100... You know, I put out the activist question to say, I know there's other artists who are activists, right? And other artists who who who, who stood for cause. But when it comes to that young African American male, I think Pac, if he was a, a child of the eighties, early nineties, I think Pac was the most influenced like influential. In, influential. Out of the, the musical activists that I could think of, I mean, I'm sure there were musical acts of different, you know, genres that I mean, probably had that. I impact. mean, and it's not just it's not just in our community, like in a, in the black community or whatever minorities. It's like Pac had so many white fans. It's crazy, you know what I mean? The, but the culture is always embraced. The culture our, is always our, embraced. Our, culture, our musical culture is embraced, but not our living culture. Yeah. Yeah, so but at the same time, he had like, he had fans you wouldn't expect, like down in the country, Midwest. You know what I mean? They was listening to pop, so it's like he his message, and I don't even think he realized it. I mean, he might have realized it a little bit, but he didn't realize how far his reach was. You know what I mean? And the things he was uh, saying sometimes, and, and that's that's the thing. A lot of these artists. Uh, I mi I miss Pac for the simple reason that it's so much trash out there these days. Oh my God! Mm -hmm. And at least, like I said, all his messages wasn't perfect, but there was a message, and and you can get something out of every song that he had, whether it be a ratchet message, uh, uh, but it it was done in a certain poetic way because he was a poet, and or you could get a serious message that'll make you think about wanting to do something positive in your life and your community and nowadays oh my god I, I can't get no message I don't know what's going on here. And, and the crazy thing the, the crazy thing that really like I said really made me sit back and like appreciate Pac I appreciate Pac like I said later because during the time growing up yeah, I couldn't you know as, as, as dope as the music was California Love when it first came out that energy was crazy but to me it was the that that beef. Thing. We wasn't mature enough, and we was biased. Of course, you know what I'm saying? I had the East Coast it bias. Was, it was Biggie, Biggie helped me develop my swag, so there was no way I was going to get. I was riding yeah. out for Biggie regardless. If I don't, if I don't like you, then I'm not going to hear what you're saying. Somehow, our boy Chris was a diehard Pac fan. Diehard Pac fan. Hey, <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't get the thug like tattoo or the all eyes on me and stuff like that. The last thing I'm going <laughs> to say on this topic is is like. And this is, makes me sound like an old head, but it's just like, at the time, we was judging Pac on like, man, 
He's just talking about B words and stuff like that, flossing and stuff like that. But he still had the combination of the ratchet and righteousness. And like nowadays, it's like, yo, if you're not a drug addict, Forget about the hustling, drug hustling yeah. drug culture that Forget. we grew up on. Because at least it was the ends to the mean, right? Yeah, like, dealing, we looked up hustling. to the hustlers because the hustlers was brave enough to take the risk. Just... Don't get it twisted. I'm not, I'm not glorifying the hustling, but growing up in our society, in our hood, or in our environment, it was like the hustlers was the one who's risking, you know, making those risks, making those choices to yeah. get money to kind of feed themselves. But nowadays, we respect the drug addict. We respect the, I'm on Percocet, Molly, <laughs> I get high. I'm you on know. that codeine. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's who we, we glorify. I smoked smoke the pound to the face. So, so they hated gangster rap, right? Because gangster rap was tough. But gangster, you got to remember the 80s and the 90s, how crazy it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, nowadays, it's, it's kind of crazy, but, you know, it's, it's a little... But it's it the means business. more tame because it's, it's, it's so many different things. It's going the business. On. This is not by accident. You know what I'm saying? The, the reason you hear one type of message over and over again, the trap music, and, and like the glorification of using the drugs, it's not by accident. Those people higher up in those companies, this is what they want you to hear because they want our communities and our kids to think that it's all right to use drugs, so they'll get strung and hooked hooked on this and that, you know what I mean? Become dependent upon drugs and it's all part of destroying the community. You know what I mean? They found a way to use this culture which we hold so dear and which has become so profitable and they can still control the message that's sent out there. Like a Kendrick is a a Kendrick, a J. Cole, they're like diamonds in the rough. They're very far few in between and they're rare. That message is not gonna get sent out but so much you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. and um you got these execs you got your your ebros on hot 97 who seem to be about more than just spinning records any records but at the same time those songs like i mean i was telling you last what was it a couple of weeks ago i heard one of the worst songs ever i don't even understand how this song got played on the radio called um slippery or something i think it was was it Maybe Migos and Gucci Man. I know Gucci Man was on it, but it was like one of the worst records Listen, I've ever heard. There's a record heard. about <laughs> it was hot really... Cheetos and Takis. You know what Man, I'm saying? It's, they it's... will play anything. All right, so <laughs> we're going to move on on, on that Yo. portion of the topic. So the last question on the All Eyes on Me topic revolving Tupac was, did the thug life perception he portrayed diminish the positivity he tried to spread? Did it completely... <clears throat> Overpower what he was trying, the message he was trying to spread. Because to me, as old as an older gentleman, I can appreciate the art and separate thug life from the dear mama and stuff like that. Because you know what, pop made it cool to be conscious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Public Public Enemy put it out there, but Public Enemy was such on that side where it was just like you know. You had to be all in. You was either. Black Panther, you had to be military, or you wasn't down at all. You Pac know? said something in the movie he was just like, in order to lead the people, you got to meet them where they're at, and then lead them out. Ah. And Pac was a genius at going to the people, meeting them where they're at, and then bringing them out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that's what I loved about Pac. 
I, I thought, you know, it's smart, right? Because yeah. it's, it's sort of like, you know, if I come off too preachy, I'm going to lose a lot of people. Yeah. But if I kind of infiltrate, I don't know if there's a better word for that, but if I kind of disseminate myself into the crowd, make you feel like I'm pop, I'm just like pop, and mm-hmm. then tell you a message and show you how to move, it's just like, wow, that's dope. So to me, the thug life didn't, you know, overdo or outweigh the positive he tried to do. But at the same time, society, more people remember pop for thug life than dear mama or changes. Well, I don't necessarily know if that's true. I mean, it's because that tattoo was so iconic and he always had his shirt off. So you see thug life. But if you remember, there was an interview he had. He explained Thug Life. It was an acronym, and I can't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. exactly I, I, what it stood for right now. It in the movie. I just can't think of. But what it yeah, means. it was an acronym, so it didn't mean like Thug Life because I'm a thug. This and the third, it was deeper than that. Um, I think as a as a youth, you will hear more. You will be sucked in more to his, you know, negative side and the thug image than you will. The positivity because that's just the way you know society is they glorify that stuff the the positive messages that he um, did share wasn't as out there you know what I mean they wasn't magnified the way the thug life was whenever you saw Pac on the news on the TV it was because something negative it was a court case or spitting in the you know camera or doing something with death row this that and the third you know what I mean but there's a lot of stuff that he did that wasn't even filmed on camera. A lot of donations he made or a lot of um, things he contributed to. I remember I was listening on Facebook one time. There's a phone call he had with his boy and he was, this is before he died. He had plans on, you know, getting a bunch of rappers together in the community. It might have been in Oakland or something like that, but he wanted to put together like a whole big festival. You know what I'm saying? And, and he wanted he wanted to help people get money in the community. He wanted to bring people together a lot of big ideas and it wasn't necessarily his message that overshadowed like the negative stuff that overshadowed the positive message it was the way he was exploited the way he was advertised you know what i mean you have a you have control over the image that um people will have or the perception people have of your image but at the same time the media can control how people see you you know, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They can influence what people see of you if they only show certain bits and pieces of who you are. We are we are like a portrait. You know what I'm saying? You can't just look at half of it and say, oh, I understand. This is what it is. You got to see the whole portrait. But it's just a matter of, like you said, you grow up, you learn more, and, and you get a different perception. I definitely got multiple perceptions of pop. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like I'm happy that we had Pac because he influences the Kendrick Lamars and the J. Coles. Yep. Like, you know, we yep. always got to have people to bring it, you know, one level and then have people to come and take it further. Like, you know. We definitely don't need any more people bringing ratchetness. Like, we have quite enough of that. Quite enough trash. Society quite loves enough. that, though. So. It's like we're never gonna get rid of that, and I'm not. Saying, we need a balance. I'm not saying get rid of it. We need a balance. But you know the man. thug, the thug life to me is just like 
I I rather the thug life than the you know what we got going on nowadays, where it's just like the masculation of the black man as well. Oh man, could you imagine? That's the thing. People say, imagine if Biggie and dressing Park like was the way dressing like the way little Uzi Vert dress or or a young thug. You know what I'm saying? Like how? Like I thought, you know, uh, and okay. this is I. Excuse the disrespect, but I was watching the movie and they show, you know, Humpty Humpty Hump with the fake nose, the prosthetic nose and stuff like that. I was like, that was such a clownish thing. But the stuff that they're doing now, I can't, I can't imagine getting away with that. But nah, you couldn't because it was just, I, I don't know what, I don't know what it has. We, we, we. Accept so many things in our society today, and it's like acceptance. Okay, it, you should accept people for who they are, but at the same time, certain things you gotta be able to question. Like, what is this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is this? Like, right, so let's yes. move on. The next topic is going to be changes, right? And all the topics of today's episode is Tupac songs. Not necessarily about Tupac, but you know, our first segment was about Tupac. So changes, I'm gonna hit us with a little bit of the changes. Changes, right? I love Changes. Changes was one of my favorite pop songs. One of my favorite songs in general, right? Because it still was coming from that ghetto ratchet dude. But it was saying that, you know what? We need changes. We see all the things going on. But we, we need to make changes. Things need to change. And even if his lifestyle wasn't completely ironed out, he still saw that we need to make changes, right? So... I'm going to flip it the changes on legacy, right? Because people who have certain images out there in society, things change and their images get tarnished. tarnished. Oh, so man. now we know one of our biggest legacy African-American <coughs> activists, actors, comedians has been vilified. And some would say rightfully so. I would say... <laughs> I would say he definitely didn't live... He definitely not... His life doesn't reflect the image that we saw, right? So his change is one of the negative changes. But my question to, to you is mm -hmm. legacy. Should Bill Cosby's legacy be completely washed away with the sexual assault allegations, right? And I was, I was telling my wife this. We, you know, sexual assault is always tough, right? Because it's always a him versus a person kind of thing. And then when you have 50, I think it's 51 women accuse someone, mm -hmm. the allegations is really hard to die down. And even this last is, uh, to combat, even this last situation, it was said that he didn't have sexual intercourse with the lady or there wasn't oral sex, mm -hmm. but he engaged in necking, like, you know, the hell is kissing, uh, <laughs> hickeys, out with him? stuff like that, and I think, I think you know, Cosby being huge in the seventies and then the eighties, there was the lifestyle of 
taking drugs mm-hmm. and then getting down. You know what I'm saying? I, drugs is always been yeah. Strong. I think I think like to answer the question, and I gotta say it's like that's gotta be one of the most shocking things I heard. Like that Bill Cosby was doing this. You know what I'm yeah. saying? When you see. Dr. Huxtable? How, how, how putting pops become Quelos? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but to me, he was giving, just like he was giving uh, 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 what they call GYN exams without <laughs> without a license. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Should his legacy oh, be completely washed over because of sexual assault allegations? Nah. To me, it's just like nah. the positive. You can't you can't unwash. You can't undo the positive. You can't undo the millions to the United Negro Fund sending so many people to college for free. So many people became doctors because of watching Bill Cosby on TV. Or be lawyers because Claire Huxtable was a lawyer. Or any kind of professional. Just, you know, black families um, being, you know, together and, and, and... and students, um, young black youth, actually wanting to go to college and believing they could. You know, don't forget different world. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Pro- that was an- to another me, one. That like, made me excited to go stuff. to college, right? Yes. I went to go to college because yes. of different world. We was raised on the stuff that um, he had put out there, whether it be the TV shows or, or just a lot of stuff that he did in the communities too. Being from Philly, you know, there's a lot... Of uh, things that he put, he put his money where his mouth was. You know what I'm saying? Um, now <laughs> he was also putting his mouth to other places. He should yeah, have been. And don't but get it twisted. <laughs> sexual assault is a, a very serious, serious issue. It's a right? serious issue, and it's also it's also tough because it's, it just doesn't lie only with Bill Cosby, right? Because there's a lot of male celebrities who get caught up with the sexual assault. Kind of thing. But if and, I do this, look at it like this. If I win the Nobel Peace Prize, right, for curing cancer, right? I cured cancer. I'm saving lives, right? I'm changing lives all across the world. But at the same time, say I, I was a pedophile, you know? Mm-hmm. You ruining lives with that, right? Yeah. But so it, it's wrong. You're absolutely wrong. There's no way around it with that whole thing. But at the same time, you won a Nobel Peace Prize for, for creating a cure to cancer. You can't take that away. That is still you. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just more than one side of you. Like we were stating before with Tupac. It's just more than one side of you. And you can't say, well, I'm going to vilify him for the negatives that he's done and the things that he was doing and what he was about negatively and completely forget and wash away all the positives that he contributed and had in his life. You can't do that. So I would say no. You cannot completely get rid of it. Yeah. I, I say his legacy is tarnished, right? Because there's no there's no way we could... Un- and that's the, the crazy thing about the court of public opinion. Once you're vilified for something like this, even if you're found not guilty, there's always going to be like, his money made him not guilty. His fame made him not guilty. But he's really that monster. And it's tough... It's tough, right, that the allegations came, like, 20 years after <laughs> his, his legacy. After, this is what I'm saying. This is why... already one hey, of our greatest, you know... Sexual assault images. is sexual assault. Mm-hmm. But like any crime, I think except for murder or such that, there's a statute of limitation, limitation, right? Yeah, but if I he really did it... it I he, find he, he it scum. so crazy that all of these women 
were quiet for all of these years. But, all of these women. It wasn't but, one, but two, come, three women. You talking about fifty one. Fifty one women. To combat that shut is, up. Combat combat that is, you know, it's scary, right? It's a scary thing to be the one to be that brave one to say, Yes, he did that to me. And sometimes you need that first person, right? It was, you know, sometimes it's that first person who take the risk and say, yeah, this happened and speak up. Bruh. And it opens up the floodgates. <laughs> but even the first one, why did it take so long? Why now? Why? Why? You know what I heard? Mm -hmm. and, and this doesn't this doesn't take away from what was done. If he did it, he did it. It's wrong. This doesn't change that. But they were saying he was about to make a big move. He had a, you know, Bill Cosby got buku dollars. He was about to make a big move to buy a network. Like yeah, NBC, I heard that was, I, he was going to buy rumor. into a network. But, it might have been rumored, but it made sense that they didn't want him in there. The powers that be controlling, you know, the economics of the world didn't want him to be make that move. And what better way to prevent him from doing so than tarnishing his legacy? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't. To they me, can't take his money away, so they tarnish his legacy. I was watching the Cosby show yesterday and I was laughing and I was just like, man, this was such a huge part of my childhood. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? We we met Bill Cosby at while Brooklyn you, College. While you was watching it, but was you thinking about him feeding them quaaludes and stuff like that? I, I was thinking just... like you don't know. We we all we always know the perception. We never know the man. And that's why we that's why to bring it back to the pastors thing. That's why you kind of got to follow the word and not necessarily the man because the man is flawed. Yeah. All man is born into sin. Not to sound too preachy. That's why I, I kind of be like, you know, it's tough because I have sisters. I have a sister. I have a mother. I have aunts. Mm -hmm. You know, I have nieces. I'm saying you, you have daughters. It's yeah. tough because you never want your daughters to be in a situation like that because a man had power that he gets to get away from. I think another thing that makes it so bad is a lot of those women that Bill was drugging, he was so popular back then, he didn't need to do it. He could have had them. He didn't need to do that, it. That's that's what you know kind what of saying? confuses me. Like, but you know what? That's never... Some, some, men, some men is sick, right? Some yeah, men... Yeah. Because even... Um, <coughs> there was a football player a couple of years ago. Harper. I can't remember his first name. He played on the he Saints. On the Saints? Yeah. And he got, he got oh, accused... Oh, Dar Darian I Harper? Who got accused for, uh, you know... Raping, raping like, like nine different women in nine yeah. different cases. The dude is good looking... The dude's in pause. shape. Nah, that's not a nah, There's good-looking dudes. There's not good-looking dudes. So. But you know, good-looking dude, millionaire. Yeah. In the prime of his life, physically, you know, a physical specimen. He ain't even had to really spit game or not. He you know what I'm saying? So, but there was something but. wrong in his mind that made him a rapist. Yeah. So it, it's tough, you know. We kind of touched this anyway, but I'm going to just reiterate the second portion. Is can we separate the man from his works and his accomplishments? Can we say, you know what, Bill Cosby did great works, but Bill Cosby's the man. Bill Cosby, the man, I can't stand behind. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I think you got to. I mean, I'm not going to change uh, the fact that I love the Cosby Show. I'm not going to change that. I'm laughed at some of Bill Cosby's jokes. If he did a stand-up right now and it was funny, I would laugh at the jokes. Yeah. You know? I would say, yo, Bill Cosby is funny as hell, but 
he's a sick man. You know, he's a sick man. It's tough. It's, it's tough. Like, because some people say he's 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 vilified because he because he's a black man. And look what they try to do to MJ. That's what he, look, look at Michael Jackson. Rest in peace. He, he was a weird dude, though. He did weird shit. He like, was me, weird, but like to, you me, love me, MJ. Everybody love MJ. Let me, let me be honest with you. Like me, I I love coaching and I love influencing younger generation. But as a as a man who don't have any kids and stuff like that. I wouldn't be inviting kids to spend the night at my crib. If you're not my family, if you're not my godchildren and stuff yeah. like that, I'm not randomly inviting kids to spend the night over my house. Okay, so this weird. what I'm saying is, yes, it's weird. And let's say he did do the stuff that he was accused of doing. Pedophile behavior, okay. Um, I don't know if he did or didn't. I'm not going to put that on my man Mike right now. But uh, that don't change Thriller. That don't change the great stuff that that don't I change. Know, I love PYT. It don't change none of that. Off the wall. Like, I don't have. But no, ain't nobody gonna say, "Oh, Mike was touching them kids." I ain't never listening to you know. Remember the times no more. I hate that. Nah, you can't. You just can't do it. So you gotta separate the two. And like you said, tarnished. Okay. Yes, your legacy is tarnished. But is it completely worn, wiped away? Is it gone? Nah. We don't have that uh, little MIB clicker, so I can't forget. Yeah. I'm not going to forget that. It, it's funny. This is a sports analogy, but like in the NCAA, if you get caught for allegations, your program get caught for allegations, you know, in, uh, taking inappropriate funds and stuff like that, they'll go back and vacate wins <laughs> and say, you're not the 2011 national champion anymore. But I saw that championship game. I saw game. that game. I, I saw Louisville tape. get that ring. You know what I'm saying? So it's sort of like... celebrated that it's, night. You can't it's, take it's sort of, celebration. It's sort of, it's symbolically, you take it away, but you can't undo. You can't undo the good. Is Reggie Bush still a Heisman winner? He speaking, has a Heisman. Speaking of Heismans. Heisman. <laughs> so yeah. that's a good segue, right? It's the last <laughs> portion of the changes, right? And the, the topic changes was just like, you know, not only do we need change, but sometimes people we love to start one way and they go through a change and it completely changes the landscape of not only how they're viewed, but also how we're viewed as a, you know, as a culture, as a, a race, right? So my question to you is, whose change in their life has affected the black image worse, OJ or Bill Cosby? Um, you said worse. Worse, right? Because OJ, of course, OJ yeah. murder is he murder. murder. <laughs> Listen, murder is worse. Murder was the than case sexual that they assault, gave me. Right? OJ allegedly, right? Because he was he was <laughs> not convicted of murder. OJ killed two people, which we can never unchange. That was two people OJ killed. And it just it vilified, you know, black men, especially black athletes, black, black athletes, athletes, and black men of prominence, really bad. Bill Cosby has, you know, sexually assaulted allegedly fifty-one different women. Okay. This was this was America's father, right? 
Not only black people saw Bill Cosby as their father, people of all races saw Bill Cosby as their father. Now, I'm not saying what's worse, murder or sexual assault. Murder's worse than sexual assault. But as far as carrying the hate, the, the weight of the image of a black man or black people in general, who do you think affected the image worse, OJ or Bill Cosby? Well, to be honest with you, if you ask a white person this question, they gonna say OJ. They hated OJ. Like the hate for OJ. I'm, there's a lot of hate for Bill Cosby now, but there was people who had nothing to do with what took place who hated OJ. You know what I mean? And it divided you along racial, racial lines. You know, and, and it took place around the time of Rodney King. There was a lot that went into OJ, the OJ trial. You know, two people lost their lives. Now, yeah, Bill Cosby got crazy numbers for people he drugged, but he didn't murder anybody, and he didn't cause a divide like the way uh, it is now. Well, not now, but the way it was during the OJ trial, he didn't cause that same divide. It was literally divide. You had people out there outside the courthouse protesting and people out there supporting, and, you know, it was just a lot going on behind that. So I think OJ was definitely worse. Worse, and I, and it's the fact. I think the the reason it's worse is the fact that he got off, which makes it worse, mm -hmm. because it showed like what was it ninety three ninety five something like that ninety something. But uh, it showed that there was still so much racial tension and divide in the country where they tried they didn't want to see that. High. Yeah, I remember us going in two thirty one going like into the 12, lunch, 13 going into old. the uh, recess. Knowing mm -hmm. that OJ got off and everybody was cheering, yeah. and our Caucasian <laughs> teachers was looking at us like we was crazy. <laughs> Yo, but, I, you know, I didn't care nothing about that back then. We, we the knew the jukes. Like, it was, was the jukes. I know he played football, and we didn't. We didn't know he was a football player. We knew the guy from Naked Gun. <laughs> oh we knew yeah, the guy yeah, yeah. Running through the airport, jumping <laughs> yeah. over the, the hurts, running exactly. to hurts. That's who we knew. We, hate, didn't, we didn't really know. I wasn't on it like that, but a lot of people was. And, and then I watched the joint on FX that played, what was it, like last year, two years Gooden ago? Junior. Recent, year. Um, yeah, with, with Cuba Gooding Jr. And um, it's because we were so young back then, um, I didn't get the full, I just knew the trial was going on. I knew people was in, like invested in it heavily. But now watching that joint on FX, I really see what was going on and, and how it went down and why it was so, like, passionate and people felt one way or another there was no middle ground with that you know what I'm saying so that's what I mean by the divide he caused and it's like yeah Bill Cosby's situation is like uh, it's I, nothing compared to that yeah I don't know to me in a ways the I think the Bill Cosby thing more tarnishes our lasting image right is because OJ was an athlete Right, so people people are enamored with the athletic gifts, but people don't always necessarily have the highest expectations of of the athlete. Well, Bill Cosby was supposed to be an educator. I, don't get it twisted. Over OJ, here and in, in America, OJ we, thing was worse. We put our athletes on such a pedestal; they are like gods, so to speak. Especially over here in this country. So I think I'm by I, I think the, the Cosby thing hurts me more because of the the prestige, the 
the yeah, level he had a different of image. Bill Cosby was raised to. You know he had what I'm a saying? different image. Yeah, we we didn't we didn't think. Uh, well, not me personally. Because Cosby was an activist that, too. Yeah, people you know didn't think that way of OJ. They just really respected him and was fans of him yeah. as an athlete, an actor, whatever the case may be. Um, but the the level of crime, I think, of course, the, is what I, makes I always it worse. say the crime is worse. But I think, as far as affecting the black image, to me, the Cosby thing is worse, right? Because well, yeah, when you say the black image, athletes, yeah, because athletes, at one point, every, OJ wasn't black every, no more. Every, every couple of years, an athlete is allegedly killing somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's become common. And and, so, and and not to get into the whole football thing, but it's a lot of times it's football players who are getting caught up with these murders and stuff like that. Aaron Hernandez, Ray Carew. Yeah, but none of it is on the level of OJ. That's why yeah. OJ, like Ray Rice hitting his wife in the elevator is minor because Ray Rice wasn't nearly on the level of OJ. Now, if it was um, who we want to use for an example, say if it was Cam Newton, who just murdered two people, then I guess you could say, okay, wow, that's big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because your level of star will definitely uh, dictate the impact and how many people care about what you did. And uh, we got a quick uh, shout-out to the boy, Bacardi Doc. I forgot to shout him out. Yeah, Bacardi Doc. Bacardi Doc is not He got taken out today. for Father's Day. Happy Father's yeah. Day to all the fathers out there. I understand. We if, miss you, know, you, bro. If people... <laughs> Are out taking, you know, taking their father, showing appreciation, especially because fathers aren't appreciated. So I definitely couldn't fault him for not being there, but he definitely will be back on the next episode. Yes, sir. We're going to move on to the last topic. The last topic is another Tupac song. And let me play Wait, my I got it right here. You want to pull I, it up? I got it. You got it? And that song, if you didn't know, is Do For Love, right? So our last topic is Do For Love. And the question is, what you won't do for love? What are the things that are deal breakers or is just like, you know what? I love this person, but I can't do it. I, I think one of the top things is I couldn't stay with someone who cheated on me, especially knowing how hard you know I worked to try to be good to that person. I couldn't do it. Um, what you won't do, do for love. And I can't stay with a you a, try a, everything. A, a, per, a, a, a drug addict. <laughs> I would try to help you. I would try to help you get clean. But if you just from? said, you know what, I don't, because I couldn't, I couldn't stay with a drug addict. So, so a chick that burn, chick that smoke weed, like recreationally, it's not necessarily an addict. What do you mean? The hard you say stuff. Addict? The hard stuff where oh, it's just like you can't you deal with stealing coke shit. Head. I can't take you to my family house because <laughs> well, no, my mom's about jury might be missing. Like, nobody saying, wants to be with that. I don't think anybody is fine to be with. Um, so what you couldn't do? Like what I couldn't. What what you wouldn't do for love? Yeah. What you wouldn't oh, what do? What I wouldn't love. deal with. Um, I can't even say the cheating thing because 
uh, goes around, comes around. But yeah, that, I mean, it's different for men. Men deal with being cheated on way worse than women deal with that. Um, but I won't say that's like something I couldn't do. I wouldn't tolerate it. So, you know, you get one strike. If I love you that much, I have to really, really love you. You know what I mean? Like head over heels. Um, I'm just simple stuff. I can't deal with a, a dirty female. Like you got to be clean. Yeah. Be clean all around. Just I always equate if the woman lets her surroundings be messy and stuff like that, that she don't take care downstairs, and that's a huge, huge turn off. My girl now is OCD cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> like extra. Clean up during the party while the party's still going on. Yeah, <laughs> it now, gets annoying sometimes. Like, yo, enjoy yourself, but she got to clean. So, I mean, that's a big thing because you're a woman. You know, you see a woman. A woman is supposed to be uh, sunflowers and roses and freshness and everything. We not we not to say it's literally speaking, but we rugged, dirty. You know what I mean? Caveman type, mm-hmm. and we want our woman to be dainty and clean, you know, the opposite, so to speak, in that regard. So that's one thing I could not deal with it. Like, even if I'm head over heels in love with a woman, um, nah. And if you can't cook, like, <laughs> I mean, that's a problem. Nah, but I'm a, I help you. You gotta be to me. That's my like, class. That's not mine. When that's I say can't, deal, what bro. you won't do for it's love is just like. What you won't tolerate, what you won't compromise. I won't tolerate the chick that can't (laughs) Nah. (laughs) Compromise. Because, you know, with the whole, you know, working women, you know, women who are into their careers and stuff like that, there's a lot of women who don't cook. But it's fine because you got to make up. You got to make up for it and learn how to cook yourself. You know what I'm saying? So there's no other what you won't do for love. I won't, I, I can't. I can't be with a woman. Like, you know how everyone has a past and stuff like that? Mm. I can't be with a woman who has a crazy past and, and, and is living that kind of a way. Like, if you know that you, you slept with mad dudes in the industry and you was passed around and stuff like that, and you still want to be out there like that, no. I couldn't I couldn't. Because then, that. then it's not your past. That's your present. That's your present. You know what I'm saying? But she I, could say, I no, can that's not who I am it. now, but they still carry themselves yeah. that same kind of way. No, nah, you, can't, you can't be doing that. If you had a past like that, um, I guess I could deal with you. I just don't want to know your number because your number might yeah, be yeah. crazy. <laughs> the number thing, you know, to be honest. I don't want to know your number. I... You know, of course, women tell you their number and it's whether you believe it or not and stuff like that. I don't let it keep me up at night. But you can, I, there's no such thing as a whole facts. Although we make that joke about checking a woman's whole facts or a dude's whole facts, this, you know what I'm saying? saying because if there's no verification. We're going to be going out. I'm going to look crazy because we dudes be like, oh, what's up? Every dude that say, what's up with you, then smash. Just like. Like, there go jawbones. They ain't nothing precious about this. They ain't precious about, you know, as dudes, we always want to have, you know, something that we feel is simply ours. Though we know, unless you got your girl as a virgin, somebody else done been there before you. So you just have to accept that. But um, you don't want it to be crazy. So so let me ask you a question. 
The second question for Do For Love is, have you ever loved someone at the detriment of your own well-being? I think we all do it. I think we all make sacrifices and love, love people despite shortcomings or things that aren't ideal. But have you really loved someone that just changed, you had to change who you were completely <coughs> to be with them? I'm gonna blow your mind, and this is gonna bug you out, because I'm gonna flip it. I love myself to my own detriment. You know what wow. I'm saying? I, wow. Because I love myself so much, I made selfish decisions in relationships that cost me love. You see what I'm saying? Because I was being selfish. You know, I was thinking about myself. I love myself, I guess, more than I loved that person I was with and should have. And that, you know, was a detriment to the relationship. I, would, I never could say that I loved another, like, loved a female um, to the point that it made me change who I am. Because I can't. You know, I can't do that. <clears throat> I feel like. That's not even you. If you got to change who you are to be with somebody, that ain't love. That's that's not real. I gotta I gotta kind of disagree on a certain level, right? Because if you was a dude who's a hoe, I'm not talking like that. You have to change who you are to settle down. I mean, I, I mean, me, your me, core. Me. Not being a hoe is not your core. That's just your choice. No, some of you do. dudes out there. <laughs> well, then, yeah. being a hoe is your core. It's then who you, you are. Who be you in a relationship. Up. And yeah, I, I, back in the day, you know, you got some things. I, I wouldn't say I was a hoe, but yeah, I, it's just selfish behavior. Mm -hmm. So I would say who you uh, are as a person. Like you said, if you got to change who you are as a person, like um. Like, if you're an outgoing, energetic person, family-oriented, but your spouse is like, got a problem with you being with your family so much, or they're not as outgoing, so they want to keep you inside and do, you know what I mean? And you got to change it up and cater to them and, and, and stay away from your friends and family. You know, you can't be around them as much, or, or you start to change your personality and you become more introverted because it, it's, it's making your spouse happy. That is not love. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes you're with someone who is in a social butterfly, so those things kind of happen, but you got to find that happy medium, you know? Yeah. I struggled with that in my relationship where, you know, my wife is not as social as I am, but she knows if something's important to me, that I need her to come. She supports she's you, She's going right? to come. Yeah. If I tell her, like, you know what? This is cool. This is important to me, but you know I don't necessarily need you to be there. I let her do her thing. Same thing. Sometimes my family, her family, have something at the same time. I tell her, look, I need to be at my family thing. Go do your family thing, and and it's it's respected. But you gotta find that that, that happy medium. Some people might say that you know I have uh, been in a relationship and you know at the detriment of myself because of certain things that I want. But I'm a strong believer of, you know, God gives you certain things that you're supposed to have. Sometimes you make decisions that change things, but sometimes it didn't happen. So I can't, I can't cry over something that didn't happen. I can't sit there and say, oh, I wanted something, it didn't happen, so now I'm blaming my spouse or my significant other and stuff like that. Because if it was, I feel like if it was meant to be for me, it'll be for me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, but if. If this person made me like, you know what, I had to 
you know, start doing drugs because that's the only way I could relate to this person. <laughs> or, you know, I had to, you know, give up working in a certain no, but world. To tell you the truth, love is a drug. Yeah, Don't let me get all philosophical on you. But yeah, love is a drug. Love is a drug. And, you know, so and I, people act different when they in love. It just, it's something that, I guess, naturally happens. And that's why I fight it a lot, but, you know, I guess it's good. It's, it's a high. You get a high from being in love, especially women. Like, they go crazy with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, men and women love differently. But at the same time, you don't don't lose yourself in that love. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Don't lose yourself. So this is the last question I'm going to ask for the show. And it's, have you ever been denied potential love because of a person couldn't accept something about you? Like, I'll speak for me, you know, anybody with eyes can see I've, I've been a big dude all my life. I've been, I'm a big dude now. So I've been denied love where it's just like I love the person. The person told me they love me too, but they couldn't accept me. For as I, Even though they love me, they couldn't accept me as the big person. I, I, they love things about me, but they didn't love the fact that I was a big person and it couldn't accept it. So I've lost out on love. I wouldn't say it was love because love is um, unconditional. Love mm-hmm. is un, unbiased. So I thought I lost out on love because of that. But, you know, I, I never could say that I lost out on real love because of something about me. Because no. either you, you like me as love, I am or you... Real love is looking past all that and accepting the person ha- for who they are. Have you ever been denied yeah. love or fronted on because of something? Maybe it's fronted not. On. Maybe it's not physical. Maybe it's not physical, but maybe it's just like you know, your situation. You know. No, no, no. I know what someone you mean. Someone don't want to date I, someone because they have kids. I, someone don't want. You know what I saying? know this was in this was in college too. Like the, the only thing I can really think of with regards to this question, um, it wasn't love. It was a situation I had. With a female, um, we we agreed that when we first started messing with each other, we wasn't looking for a relationship. We just liked each other's company, you know what I mean. So we was friends with benefits, and it was good and great. And I caught feelings, you know what I mean. Oh, so caught you caught feelings. the feelings because it's usually feelings. it's usually yes. no. Let me not be sexist, but you know, <laughs> you see the women, right? We usually stereotype <laughs> or generalize that the women catch feelings. But sometimes we cuff too. Sometimes we get caught up too. Yeah, so I caught feelings and I approached her like, yo, I want to be more than just, you know, your F buddy. I yeah. want to, you know, I want you to be my girl, whatever. Let's let's do it. And um, she's like, nah. she loved me. I know she loved me because I loved her, but she stuck to what she said when we first started. She was like, nah. She was like, I don't really want to be in a relationship. She's like, it's not you. She said, you're a great person, this, that, and the third, feeding me all that nonsense. But she was like, I don't want to be in a relationship. She was like, we can continue to do what we do, but that's it. And I was like, damn. You I was know, like, yo, that's you know, crazy. And, 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 you know, getting back to the friend zone <laughs> aspect of friend zone mom. I guess that's the I've always, the it's, <laughs> it, to me, it's the opposite. Sometimes, you know, in my younger days, I wanted to just be F buddies or, or yeah. friends with benefits. And the woman would be like, you know, nah, if we had to do something, we need to be in a relationship. <laughs> That's crazy. I got 
put in the either we cuffing or we nothing. <laughs> cuffing or we nothing. And yeah. that is crazy. So that's how we're gonna end it. <laughs> we're gonna end it you. on on that. And you know, my view for the week is that you know, no matter what the no matter what you go through, no matter what people try to accuse you of, you know, work hard towards your legacy. You know what I'm saying? Like. The Cosby thing is crazy. I have some female friends who I said, you know, it's tough for me to just completely vilify Cosby without knowing what really happened. And it's just like, oh, you're perpetuating that male culture of thinking sexual assault is just an allegation and not really happening. I know it does happen and it's very sad, you know. So it's important. It's important to protect your legacy. It's important to watch how you move, you know, especially people in power. You just got to realize you can't put yourself in certain situations. And sometimes it just comes, it comes with the territory. So yeah. watch your legacy, you know, be, be out there, grind hard, but, you know, try to protect your legacy. Remember, ladies, it's the views from the friend zone, but don't let them in the end zone unless they worth it. Nice. <laughs> All right. So that's how we gonna end it up. You know, next week we should have another episode going and stuff. Yeah. We appreciate those who are supporting us and keep following up. You know what I'm saying? So that's my views from the friend zone. We Thank out. you for tuning in. Holla at your boys. Just saying